Hey, welcome to the Two Perfect Pastors podcast. My name is Craig Sumi. And I am Danny DeMorris. And I am the pastor at Oakland Presbyterian Church in Oakland, Florida. And I'm at Kissimmee, First Pres Kissimmee. Uh, as, as we've told you guys before, I ju- you looked at me as you were doing the introduction. I was like, am I supposed to speak now? So I yeah, man, you, you picked not, right up on so it. I just jumped right in, yeah. I picked right up on it. I think we're getting good at this. <laughs> we're getting something. Yeah, I straight. <laughs> Yeah, and all of our tens of followers yeah. are so excited. I realized that there is, we actually have a hook. We have an advantage over all the other podcasts because I listen to podcasts and mm-hmm. there's that annoying time when they have to have word with the sponsor, right? And they have to plug whatever it is that is sponsoring the podcast. So we have no sponsors. Correct. Which means no ads, no interruptions. Uh, you you don't have to kind of fast forward yeah, through no all the bias ads based on who's paying us because we are doing this for free. We are doing. Oh, you're are doing. You, are you getting paid? Um. Anyway, so Travis, <laughs> uh, please look into this for us. So how you doing? You doing good? Doing all right. Keeping busy. Uh, as as people listening to this, I'm going to date this podcast because we have a hurricane, uh, coming up the coast. Um, I'm, you're yes, on the day that we're recording, yeah. <laughs> not on the date when actually people use it. So, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, if the storm takes a turn, you know, you and I will be no more and the podcast yet will live on. That's true. So this is for posterity's sake. But it's Florida. This so may be our last word. There's also a chance that the hurricane doesn't hit us at all and it's a perfectly sunshiny day and everything's closed. Yes. Just yes. Because That's the way it's kind of looking. you can't find gas. And you can't find That's water right. at the grocery store. Just stay at home. Because people go like absolutely nuts during these things and like stock up. They like, do. They do. Yes. We've gotten way more lackadaisical as the years have gone on. Yep. Um, and so, uh, yeah. If disaster hits, I'm not sure we're going to be very prepared for it. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. I, well, um, I was telling you earlier that um, we got a new car. Yep. And um, it replaces, this is the heartbreak of it. It replaces a pickup truck. And I think it's been almost 25 years. I have had, you know, or we have had a pickup truck. And um, three different ones. We've had a a Ford, two Fords, and a Chevy. And, um, yeah, so we traded it in. Traded in the pickup for a uh, a SUV, kind of like a mid-size SUV, Kia, and uh, we like it. It's a great little car, um, low miles. So it was a good deal. But w- I like how you say we like it, and then you have to qualify the most practical parts of it to justify why you bought it. Because if you could drive a truck or the Kia, which one would you be driving right now? Oh, the truck. The truck. Yeah, yeah. there's no question. <laughs> <laughs> there's no question. Yeah. No, I'm a truck guy. You know, someday maybe I'll, I'll get back to having a pickup truck. But for now... Since we share a vehicle, which makes total sense, we don't have any, like you, we're not encumbered by these little lives that we have to taxi around all over the place for all of their stuff and school and sports and activities. Correct. If you want to feel better about your SUV, I drive a minivan. So. Well, <laughs> didn't you tell me that you had, you, well, had I, a, you had a motorcycle? And an all-wheel drive car. Yep. So I had what I call uh, the reverse midlife crisis. I sold my motorcycle and, uh, and traded in. My my Subaru, so I could get a minivan because I needed to. Oh, first, but it made so much because like we have kids who have different events and things going on in their life, so it makes the minivan makes it super easy to get the kids in and out. Yeah, the best part for kids is that they don't hit the door into the other doors in the parking lot because the doors just slide. So that's great. 
ton of storage in the back, pastor of a, of a smallish church. So, like, when we had to buy a bunch of air conditioning filters, who went to go get the air conditioning filters? Sure, because like, you I have did. a minivan. Yeah, so, like, well, I didn't have a minivan before, so I had to oh. like, borrow my father-in-law's truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, was, so having a minivan. Man, these for, are huge filters. You needed a pickup truck just for a filter? I was buying a lot of filters. Okay. <laughs> I was buying gotcha. a lot of filters. We had uh, eight gotcha. different AC units, and I was buying filters for two years. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. So, um, I gotcha. So, yeah, so the space for the church stuff, and then I have two big dogs that, like, couldn't fit in my SUV at the same time anymore yeah. because they're uh, – so my puppy, she's not a year old yet, now weighs 98 pounds. You can't even call that a puppy anymore. <laughs> but, but she is. She's not even a year old yet. It's a monster. She might keep on growing until she's two, so <laughs> we'll see. I'm glad I don't have your dog food budget. Uh, we have a chihuahua, so, yeah, it's that's, like the opposite. That's not a dog. Yeah. My, my dog would be in a moose-bouche for your dog. <laughs> your dog would be in a moose-bouche for the right cat. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, what's real quick, what's been your best car ever? My motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> And and I exactly. have I have the reason why for this. Uh, my first car was super practical uh, Nissan Altima, ninety seven Nissan Altima was my first car. Stick shift had a hundred miles on it yep. when I got it. Yep, had to do a ton of work on it to keep it going, but it it served me well until it did it. Then my next car was kind of handed down to me was a Buick LaCrosse. No, that's a lie. I had. A, how long is this going to take? I mean, how many cars have you had? Not is this very gonna, many. So, okay. So Toyota, so if it's me, I mean, this would be a long Toyota Camry, podcast. Buick LaCrosse. The Subaru. Yeah. And then now the minivan. Oh, so you're just the fourth vehicle that's or been fifth, in your life. Uh, fifth now. So And they've all been practical, yeah. like what fits at the time of, budget, just easy to work on kind of cars. So it's always been super practical outside of the motorcycle, which means the motorcycle is the best one because it wasn't practical at all. Yeah. Like, to, to be clear, I'd have to get in my car with my kids, drop them off at school to go back home <laughs> so I could get on yeah. my motorcycle and go where I wanted to go. My favorite car? What was your favorite? I had a Saturn. A Saturn? Back when it was cool to have a Saturn. So you didn't have a Saturn? I did. But you said back when it was cool. Back when it... Stop it. <laughs> Which Saturn Stop did you it. have? The Ion or SL, the... The SL1. The SL1. Yeah. So this goes way, way back. I mean, this is when there With were the clubs. There were Saturn owner clubs. They'd have this big annual no, gathering at the, Santa, at the Saturn factory. Oh, yeah. It was a thing. It was a thing. It was like the plastic one where you could and push I had a in the stick side shift. and pop back out. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I tested that a couple times. It works. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I miss driving a stick shift car. Driving a stick shift car. Yeah, I loved having a stick shift. That's part of what yeah. I liked about the motorcycles, being able to shift gears again. It's like, yeah. oh, look, that's so nice. All right, well, we could talk about cars all day. We could also talk about things that used to be cool. Yes, we could. <laughs> yes, we could. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up something that um, I don't think cool. ever should be cool. <laughs> 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 and, and I call this segment, uh, I've named this segment, This Week's Reason Why Jesus is Going to Say, I've Seen Enough. <laughs> the, the, I'm coming back. I've the, seen enough. I'm sorry. The rainbow is, is, was, was a promise that I can't hold on to anymore. Yeah, no. G Jesus is going to say, I've seen enough. I'm coming back. <laughs> Time to put an end to this. <laughs> This so, um, gone on long enough. so yeah, so I was just kind of thumbing through some, you know, news that's been happening, um, looking for maybe some more lighthearted news just to cheer my soul. And I found this, that a Pennsylvania six-year-old um, won the 2023 Kids Mullet Championship. Good for that. So you know what a mullet is. I do know what a mullet is. Yes. 
It's you know short hair in the front, yep. long hair in the back. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, so uh, like haircuts, like clothes and stuff like that gets cyclical yeah. in like what's popular and what's not. When mullets were cool was before my time. I guess it's also when Saturns were cool. Um, and then I don't think they were ever cool, but they, they they were more no, not Saturns. Saturns there was a time when they were cool. <laughs> now they're non-existent. Mullets but were mullets, mullets seem to have stuck around because you still see them. But mullets were popular for a while. Yeah, and then the popularity definitely died down. It did. It so did. Like when I was in high school, nobody had a mullet. Yeah, everybody would say business in the front, party in the back. Correct. And then I lost all my hair, and then mullets became cool again. Yeah. So this kid, um, uh, this this young man, uh, the mullet, the kids mullet champion, and this is organized by an actual organization called the USA Mullet Championships. <laughs> so I know Rory Ehrlich. And his mullet, which he had a nickname for his mullet. He called it the Cheddar Whiz. And he kind of has kind of blonde, strawberry blonde sure, hair. Sure. Um, and uh, so this, he's from Pottstown, which I think is Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he won in a competition in which there were 300 other contestants. All kids between the ages of three and eight three-year-olds with mullets See, like the eight-year-olds like my my six and nine-year-olds have enough agency to like i ask them like what do you want for your haircut yeah the three-year-old you're just punishing your child for no reason so my question is where do you find 300 kids with mullets I guess in Arkansas and no. <laughs> Sorry if you're from Arkansas and you don't like mullets. Yeah, where do you find 300 kids to come to this competition uh, for mullets? But there, there were plenty of them. And um, this young and man, you Rory, huh? I don't understand how you judge a mullet. Is it based on volume, length? I think there's probably lots of categories that you, lots of boxes you'd have to tick. You know, just volume, length. Um, you know, overall style, you know, I think there's probably a lot of things, you know, just how, how well you wear your mullet, man. It's a style. Does it matter what you, like what you're wearing too? Like clothes It may, it may. Yeah. Overall presentation, I think. If you wore like a three piece suit, but it was like all wrinkly in the back. Yeah. So it was like the back matched the party hair. Exactly. I'm sure that has something to do with it. I'm sorry (laughs) to dig into this as much as I should have to answer your questions. Um, but, uh, 5,000 money. $5,000 $5,000 was the prize money. That's a lot $5,000 to a, an eight-year-old. I mean, to an eight-year-old's parents. Well, but, but he has a plan. So this young man, Rory, mm-hmm. he said uh, with the money, he was going to get this. He was going to buy his sister, which is sweet. You know, first, sure. thing, first thing on the list, he's going to buy his sister something. But, look, but what's he going to buy his sister? An alpaca. His sister wanted an alpaca, so he's going to buy her an alpaca. I think where you find 300 kids with mullets is becoming a clearer picture. <laughs> and then and then he says, after he spends the money on the alpaca, he's going to go to Wing Night again. <laughs> wherever Wing Night is, Wing Stop or whatever. Not a sponsor of ours, but could be. And uh, then he was going to, this is the nice part, he was going to save a little money for the wounded warriors. So my question to you, Danny, is are mullets biblically defensible? So if somebody shows up at your church and they're sporting an awesome mullet, you know, and I they have, come to you and they say, you know, I have this mullet, 
you know, am I okay with God if I have a moment? What, what would you say? So I have a kid at my church. He's a high schooler. He helps us with our technology on Sunday mornings. He helps run our stream sometimes, helps run our sound sometimes. And he has a, a full mullet. Like, like there's no... Full not, on. Like, yeah, full on mullet. There's no other way to define it. He loves his mullet. And and he's fine with that. He doesn't try to hide it up. He doesn't, he doesn't try to, he doesn't try it. to he doesn't, put it under a no, cap no, no. or anything like that. He's proud of his mullet. Okay. And, and I just figured that, you know, God puts people in your life to challenge you and challenge your <laughs> theology. And, and it shows that I have to love everyone. And so I will be challenged in looking around this mullet to still see the heart of this. <laughs> you have to look around the mullet. To, yeah. yeah, to find the heart of this. Yeah, as you think church. most of your church members are that way too. Um, They're just having to tolerate the mullet uh, because they get a great, great kid with it. Yeah, for, for him, yes, because they've known him all his life. But that doesn't mean people don't have their opinions. I actually, for the people with mullets, that people make snide remarks to them, yeah. it gets old so quick. I had a lady um, come up to me and she's like, oh, did you lose your razor? You know, because yeah. I, I sport a, a beard for the majority of the time. And I was like, no, this is as scruffy as I normally look. <laughs> um, it, it, but, we do find that our parishioners in our churches do have comments about our appearance they from do, time to time. But I will tell you this. When I was, uh, so I started shaving when I was 12. So uh, I just hit puberty early and it is what it is. So in high school, I had a beard. And I didn't like shaving all the time. So a lot of times I would have a beard. And the amount of comments I got from people where, Craig? Yeah. Where, 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 where were people most critical of my beard? Was it, at, was it at school? No, it was church. It was church. Yeah, for sure. It was church. Oh, for sure. Where, where people were the most critical of some 14-year-old who happened How to be able you? to grow a beard. How could you? So, uh, so you're just glad that people tolerated you. Yep. With your beard, yeah, and Rory, I don't know. We don't know if Rory so goes to Rory, church. We love you, but we're hoping that whatever church he goes to, he will be his his mullet will be welcomed with open his arms. Is welcome. Yes, his sister's so. Apaka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets lots of uh, wing nights. So, um, going on, moving on from uh, that incredibly interesting topic, um, I football around the corner yeah so i don't want to alienate um half of our audience because that would be uh half of our audience would be like three people so i don't want to alienate those three people but um i um i love football i do too i know you love football i feel like you love college football do you no love i love nfl i love NFL. absolutely Good, the talk. best yes yeah if you wanted to go deep into college football, yes I'd, I'd... i I, lo- I like college football uh, particularly being here in florida sec land i follow um, it, but not as like, if I had to pick one or the other, it'd be professional. You kind of have to. So if you serve a church in the South, if you serve a church in SEC country, unless it's kind of like an urban inner city church where maybe there'd be more people who don't really care about mm-hmm. um, uh, football and they're not really from an SEC school. They could be from anywhere in the sure. States. you know. But if you're anywhere else in Florida, you better be up on what's happening with college football because everybody's crazy. Yes. about it. It's very much a part of their identity. We live, I, th- I think um, the nearest school to us is UCF. That's right. And they just made the jump into the Big 12. So this is one of the power conferences. Uh, Un- University of Central Florida now it's is where, a playa. It's where I went to school. Yeah. But it made the news because now the um, Big 12 has three religious-based schools. That I didn't know. Yes, they do. They have, um, they they already had Baylor. Yep. 
they uh, they had TCU, Texas Christian University, and now they've ad- added BYU, Brigham Young there you go. University. So that's another new yeah, uh, member to yeah. the, the Big 12. And so that just kind of got me thinking a little bit about Christian spirituality and church and football, which is this huge, huge, huge deal in our culture. Agreed? Yeah, huge cultural thing. Yeah. I mean, in even if you don't ways. like football, I think you have to admit that it has an outsized role to play in our culture, which for me, I love because I love NFL football. I'll talk about it with anybody, but a lot of people are like, I don't care anything about football, but it's like always in your face. Well, he, like an interesting thing, and interesting is probably not the right word to use for it, but last year uh, when uh, DeMar Hamlin got hit, um, for the Buffalo Bills, and like his heart stopped for a while, and yes. they had to like revive him on the field. And, yeah, and incredibly they, they scary. Canceled that game, and like it wasn't like it didn't count, and da 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 da. That made like national news, right? Like people have cardiac events all day, every day, especially down here in the south. Yeah, but but it doesn't always make the news, right? Like that made the news. It yeah. it it wasn't like just to talk about the cultural impact that it did, and then there was discussion for days about whether they should have or should have oh, not yeah. stopped the game. Oh, yeah. And people feeling strongly one way or the other. And, but oh, here we are again, though. Here we are. Like. The season's getting started up. It's like it, Correct. it did. Everybody, so, well, he's okay, you know, and celebrated <laughs> him, and he's and he, he made, made the, the team. Man cut. He made you the team, so he's that. back, and so good for him. But, um, yeah, but, you know, football's just in full swing again. Um, football, I don't know if you knew this, football has the second most players – in the league who are Christian uh, behind Major League Baseball. Like the percentage of players? Percentage of players who identify as Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, only Major League Baseball has has more. Very interesting. Yeah, than football. And um, I don't know if you saw Netflix's quarterback series. I am aware of it, but I haven't had the chance to it's, watch it's, it. If you're a football fan, it's pretty I, good. I heard, I heard it's pretty good. I heard um, Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings was one of the players. Mm-hmm. There were three players that were featured. Uh, Marcus Mariota. Patrick Mahomes, okay. my guy, and um, and Kirk Cousins, Who's and he's very huh. Who's his dad's a pastor. pastor. He's yep. very upfront. He and his wife about his faith, and and that's very much a part of the of his presentation mm-hmm. on this series. So I just kind of got interested in okay. I've never really thought about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a supporter of something like football. You know, so we have our spiritual lives, but then there's just interests that Correct. we have and we get for a variety of reasons. I mean, I love football because my dad loved football and he would take us to games and I just love the atmosphere you of it. Used to daydream to of being a player for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, and so, um, you know, it's just a big part of my growing up, but I've never really reflected, you know, what does it have to do with my faith? I've used all sorts of sermon illustrations from the world of football, probably making everybody... <laughs> Annoyed oh, with go, me. About the Chiefs again. So anyway, I came across. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to keep that to a minimum. <laughs> but I would prefer if you were you talk about the Chiefs that you would refer to them as the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Would, could you do that for me? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a fact. They're the Super Bowl champions. There they, are. They did good. There are. But it's and, over now. And, <laughs> so Michael Kerrigan. Um, who I believe is a Jesuit preach. He, uh, priest, he was quoted in the Baylor Center for Christian Ethics, a publication that mm-hmm. they put out. Um, he said this, Christian athletes must live in the world of contemporary sports, but not 
of that world. Correct. And he concludes, Christian athletes can be role models of sportsmanship, fair play, discipline, and integrity. But then, like you said, with the DeMar Hanlon thing, where somebody just got close to killed mm-hmm. on the field um, in this very violent sport in which player safety they try to emphasize it, but if they emphasize it too much, you know, it takes down the entertainment Correct. quality they're, they're if they're not really hitting there. each other. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, don't get, let's not get started with college, you know. Oh, yeah. And sort of. And the money involved with The money stuff. involved and how players don't see that, even though yep. they're the product on the field. So I'm just, here's my question to you. Can you be a Christian athlete and participate in one of these violent Sports, uncritically. So I'm thinking not just of football, but hockey, rugby, wrestling, boxing. If you're in one of these, you know, sports that's really a violent sort of thing, then then is that something you should really reconsider as a Christian? So it's it's an interesting thought because you're talking about specifically because of the violence of it. Is 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 why you're questioning? Or or you're not questioning baseball. You're not questioning. Basketball. You're well, not a lot of people are questioning baseball because when they were so reliant on steroids, right? Sure, the but steroid not, era. Cycling but, but, but is that, another. But that would be easy, right? Like, yeah. So there's like, there's moral problems. If, if you're a, if you're a Christian and you're playing baseball, should you take illegal drugs to enhance your performance? No, no. I, th- I think that one's pretty pretty clear that you shouldn't right. break rules or or go across the whatever line to to give yourself an advantage. As so a so let's say, but but a sport like football. You are asked to hit somebody as hard as you can and take them to the ground. Yes, um, there's, right. There's, there's violence like uh, embedded into what the sport is. Yeah. So, I think a lot of those sports they have those rules and they try to do protection and like and in the types of tackles you could do, right? Like, not to get into too much terminology, like like a horse collar tackle. If you tackle somebody from behind and you grab their collar. Can't do that anymore because you could break their legs. Mm. Um, they've changed a lot of the kickoff rules. So the things that bring the most amount of injuries, they try to lessen, right? Yeah. Um, so now you're you're choosing to play the sport that happens to have violence as part of it. But I think like playing within the rules of the sports, I think you try to to honor that as much as you can, and still try to be a good person. Like it, it depends where your heart is when you're doing it. And I think that's a lot of things with Christianity, right? Is when you're on the field, are you thinking I'm gonna kill that guy? <laughs> like, so it kind of depends what's in your mind and what's in your heart, right? What, oh what, yeah, what, I mean, what, they could say, you, you know, uh, I love him because Jesus loves him, but I'm gonna try to take his head off. <laughs> yeah, that's how you play the game, right? I mean, yeah. you don't go and just try to push somebody over, you know, or kill him with kindness. I mean, you're trying to, I'm gonna pray for you, and and you're gonna fumble the ball. That's not the way it works. Correct. Uh, but but then there's like. There's what's considered dirty hits, right? Or yeah. face masking or, or things like that. Like, well, so, yeah. So how are you approaching the sport? And I think it, it all depends where you, how you approach it and where your mind goes as, as you're doing it. What do you think? Do you think well, I'd be, uh... I would be, I would totally be a dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because so, cause I got no athletic skill, so I have to have so some kind of edge. Some advantage. Yeah, I would totally play dirty. We were talking about this I would today. try to intimidate. My um, opponent, by them not predicting what I'd be able to do to him. This is this is making. <laughs> What's he going to do next? This is making its way into too much of my life, and I'm I'm going to switch sports on you a little bit. to yeah. Jujitsu, because I've the last four months I've been doing jujitsu, and I've very much been enjoying it. So in jujitsu, but that's another kind of violent. Yeah, like right, because you're 
you're not striking somebody, you're not punching somebody or kicking somebody, but you are putting them in arm bars and like putting them in positions where you could break their arms or choke them out or do different things. And I was talking to to the I guess he's called a professor at the academy today. Um, and I was like, it, it was just me and him for, for this particular class today. So I was like, hey, what's considered okay and not okay when you're doing jujitsu? Like, because yeah. there's, there's plenty of rules of things that you can and can't do. But there are certain times that if, like, you could put your arm on somebody's neck and you're not going to choke them, but it's just going to make them miserable. Yeah. But that just seems like kind of a jerk thing to do. Yeah. Right? So it's like, it's not advancing in a position. You're just doing it to be a jerk. Like, the issue is that people aren't going to want to roll with you then. People aren't going to want to engage with you in this sport because you just, you're a jerk because you're just trying to advance yourself. Yeah. Right? Or you're not even advancing yourself. You're just using bad technique and form to do something. Where if you do it right, so like I said, it was just me and the, and, and the owner today. And, uh, and we, were, we were practicing, we were going, and then there was two minutes left on the clock. And I said, how many times could you submit me in two minutes? Like, how, how fast can you What does submit me? Uh, make me tap out. So either choke oh, me or. Put me so in, in other words, you you're or, yeah. Okay. Like he's a cry uncle. He's 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 a black belt. He's like you know, very very good. I'm a lowy. So you challenged belt. him basically to how many times can you beat me up in the next uh, how good five can minutes? You do this. And yeah. it wasn't most, more of a challenge of like I bet you I could keep you from doing it. It was more I want to see. Like, do you ever appreciate? So did he do it? Painting. Uh, yeah. Now he got me intrigued. What but happened? Like, oh, he tapped me out four times in two minutes. It was like in two minutes, in two four minutes, times. He tapped me out four times, and that's because he was being kind. <laughs> he was like, going he easy on he you. Didn't wanna, yeah, because it's so easy. Because I don't know what I'm doing, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was so interesting. Like, like when somebody puts me in an armbar, a lot of times I have a chance to wiggle out of it or get out of it. When he put me in an armbar twice in this four minute span, in this two minute span, yeah. It was done. Like there was no wiggling. He got it so tight and so precise, and it was like, "Oh, I'm I'm done. That that's it. I tap out. Like I can't, I can't fight that." And it was amazing watching him work. I was more, you know, when you want to see a guitar player shred a guitar because they're so good, you just want to witness it. Yeah, that's what this was. Like I want to like what what can you do? Um, but how much pain was I in in those two minutes? Do you think though? I but, mean, but, but guess real quick, how much pain was I in those two minutes? How much pain were you in the yeah. two minutes? Well, it sounds to me like you were in excruciating pain. Almost none. Almost none. Because he knows what he's but you, doing. But you were immobilized. I was immobilized. He immobilized my arm. He had it in a position where he could have broken my arm, but he didn't. I okay. tapped out, but my arm didn't break. I wasn't in pain. When he choked me out, chokes don't really hurt. You're just going to pass out. Yeah, so, a, so you, you spent a, two minutes. You choke poorly. So you spent two minutes just on this side of pain. Is basically what you're saying. Correct. But without actually experiencing pain, I'm moving around fine. I'm not hurt. I went, if he wanted to hurt me, he could have. So this brings me back to the football thing, right? When you're tackling with good technique and you're tackling with good form, most of the times, both the players are going to get up off the ground and, and be ready for the next snap. Yeah, but accidents still happen. When, accidents happen know, and accidents can happen. You, in, you in see a quarterback well. get, get rolled up. So there was a time, Danny, when I, you know, I've been a big football fan my whole life. And, but, I mean, I questioned it um, pretty seriously, almost to the point of saying, you know, I think maybe I shouldn't watch this anymore because if I do, it'll be enabling 
the success of this sport. And it was when the concussions were just so oh, interesting. prevalent. The concussions were going crazy. Yeah, Which both, was both, both in was pro and college. <laughs> oh, gosh. But that, that was when they had more research about what, what really hit my heart was the research into ex-football players. Correct. What happens after you retire? Because and the brain damage correct. that they had the because CTE. they played – this sport, and I just was like, you know, maybe I can't support this as a Christian person that, you know, wants to demonstrate radical love for others, which means that I have to set aside some things that feel really fun and cool for me because, because they are harmful and not- hurtful to others. And if I'm supporting this thing, then it just continues to reinforce this this culture where you know, we're just going to tolerate concussions and whatever happens, happens. You know, we're going to do our best, increase player safety. And they've done a lot with that. I, I give them credit. But, you know, they still happen. Concussions still happen and can end a career, but they can also eventually end a life because somebody, they're just, they just have such damage to their brain, they can't function. Well, and that's, that's still very real, right? Look at the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua. Uh, who Tua had- Tagovailoa. Yes. I think I got it. Yeah. Sure, to a T. Um, yeah. <laughs> he had three concussions last year, I think, in the span. In one season. It was the span of, like, 60 days. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even just, like, yes, it was a season, but it didn't take all season for him to get all three. It was, like, it was like two months, two and a half months or something like that. So, insane. And he's back to playing. He actually trained in some jujitsu to learn how to fall better. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. He's back playing, and we're, we're cheering it on and, and, and such. And. And so are you loving that player if you're okay with them going back out there because it gives your favorite yeah. team a chance to win? Um, you coming, coming back to jiu-jitsu, and I, th- I think you should approach your, uh, what, what do you call it, gym? Or, uh, Academy. Academy, about being a sponsor for this podcast. Do you think you can swing that? Uh, if it, Pro- Two perfect pastors. <laughs> Sponsored by... Sanity Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> now they're a sponsor whether they want to be I like not. the name. <laughs> I like the name, especially. Um, uh, well, I was going to say that, um, you know, basically I was on the verge, right, of saying, you know, because of my faith, I'm not sure I can support football anymore. Yep. And then the Kansas City Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, and that all went away. So, so, um, <laughs> so the concussions are a thing, and they've yeah. tried to do better about that, even wearing the, the silly-looking foam pads on the helmets during the practice. I wish they'd wear them on game days. Have you seen the like the little like the bubble wrap they yes. put on the helmets yes. like, thing? Yeah, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. But if it keeps them safer, I don't care. Wear it. Um, you know what bothered me more than that was? Do you remember Bounty Gate a couple years ago with the Saints? Yes, when they were the coaches uh, were paying encouraging, yeah, paying to hurt somebody on the other team. Yeah, that was a problem. That was very problematic. But you right? don't think that's that's just um, they got caught. Everybody's doing it. They got caught. I couldn't tell you. I will yeah. tell you when that happened. The idea of hit him so he doesn't want to get back up was <clears throat> part of the culture of the sport. Not necessarily we're going to pay you to knock yeah. somebody out of a game, but make him like when when he sees you coming, that he doesn't want any part of it. Okay, right? Well, like, th- right. like that that idea, that culture of of that, I think was more prevalent than than it is now. Okay, so let me take this another direction. Okay. Um, so it's not so much, you know, uh, being supportive of a sport that has some violence, but being supportive of a sport that is so incredibly popular. I mean, it is, it looms large in our culture and, um, 
you could say it's become kind of a national religion, right? Because oh, you're you're giving your devotion to this uh, entity, which you know provides you with pleasure and um, with a sense of meaning and purpose and something to get excited about. You know, stadiums are filled to the the rim with screaming people, and they all have the chants and the rituals that they do and. Um, are ecstatic when their team is winning and they're heartbroken when their team, I mean, they so much passion is invested in basically a kid's sport that um, is this national football league. And so my question is, you know, can you, you, can you love Jesus in football, I guess on one level and on another level, you know, do we as the church with the prophetic word of God have something to say about the devotion that seems to go towards things like football, SEC football, NFL football, whatever, and doesn't often then go towards, you know, relationship with God, which should be our first love. Correct. So I think, I think it goes back to you were, you were talking about how people here in Florida and SEC country, and, and like there's plenty of Florida State fans too for, for ACC and whatnot, how like they identify as, as part of that school and, and where their identity is. I think more so than the violence and the hitting, I think it, it's what you were talking about is, is that devotion and identity. Like who are you? If the first thing you are is a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you. Uh, Super Bowl champions in Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you. Excellent. Or, you caught yourself. I appreciate yeah. that. If at, at your heart the core of who you are is a Florida Gator, I think that becomes problematic. Right? Okay. So, so where is your devotion? Where is your love? How much can you handle it um, in, in balance of who you are as a Christian? Are you Christian first and foremost, and so you're a Christian who appreciates whatever sport, or are you a Florida State fan who happens to go to church on Sundays? Yeah. Right? Like where where is the, the primary leaning there because i think if you're a christian first it makes the things like cte bother you and makes you want to have the sport change to better protect those players and you care about those players yeah because of loving people i think it keeps it in check when your team loses that you're not devastated like you like you've met those people right like yeah. that like if their team loses a regular game not even a championship game their weekend is ruined ruined yes absolutely ruined I, I talked to a to a buddy about this who who stopped watching sports because like I let it control too much of my life. So they're, like they're, he I'm did come him, to that conclusion. Then it was becoming him, his first love. And correct. Yeah. So for him, he backed away from it. He didn't mind other people watching it because he realized not everybody reacted to it the same way that he did. But for him, he had to stop because he's like, I'm letting twenty three year olds dictate my entire weekend, which yeah. just seems ludicrous. Right, like, yeah, it's so for him. He's like, I have to, I have to, to, to cut back and, and cut off and, and kind of reassess some things because I am letting that judge too much of the joy I have in my life. Yeah, which was a very mindful and thoughtful thing for him, for him to think about and do. Yeah, but I think that that's like, that's not a rule that everybody has to follow. I think it kind of depends on the person. Yeah, it makes me think of uh, I served at a church in Lincoln, Nebraska for five years it was a brand new church and um i don't know if you know lincoln nebraska but it's the home of the university of nebraska and the nebraska Cornhuskers. which while i was there they won two national championships so big deal and um 
They beat Florida for all you Gator fans out there, and <laughs> they beat Tennessee, I think. Anyhow, um, Saturdays, game day Saturdays, the whole town shut, shut down. down. Yeah. I was told specifically when I came into the do not make events. Yeah, by people that were you know a part of the new, kind of the new church core. Yeah, they said don't plan on visiting anybody, don't plan on planning anything. You know, during game day, no fall festival on a Saturday. Put on your game. calendar when the game is. You know, pl- plan out two hours on either side because everybody for that period is going to be consumed with football. And they're not going to be interested in anything spiritual during this time. That's not a myth, but they didn't want it. You know, they're basically telling me as a pastor. Um, well, I got it. I understood. You know, I, I, I could read the room. <laughs> I knew it was different than where I grew up, where, you know, there are several local teams. This yep. was it. That was it. That was all they had. So it was like a religion in Nebraska. Yes. You know, people would have in their houses rooms with, I mean, literally shrines. That, yeah, that's the word I was going to use. Yeah, when you yeah. start having idols and shrines and such like that. Yeah. It gets a little scary, though, doesn't it? I guess I here's my conclusion that I come to. I, with anything that I do, you know, in this life and in this world, I'm always challenged, I think is the best word for it, to see it through the lens of my faith and my relationship with mm-hmm. God because it's so easy to kind of compartmentalize. Correct. And say, you know, this part of my life, you know, it's just for fun. You know, I'm a fan and I don't have to think critically about it. I'm just going to enjoy this. I don't have to see it through the lens of, of how God sees the world and people and relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking another thing about the NFL is it's really gotten cozy with gambling. With online gambling. Oh, yeah. You know, and online Which gambling can like, unless, devastate unless people. Unless their players do it. They're right. Fine with everybody else doing it. Yeah, but have... I get it that they don't want players to be influenced by that. But yeah. still, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really it's a weird muddying the waters. And here, So there's another thing. You know, about this thing I love, mm-hmm. which really, I mean, is harmful to to people. And if I don't think critically about that and let that sort of reflect in um, my participation in that, then I'm really not walking in faith, in maturity of faith, like Jesus calls me to, I would say. I just need to always be kind of looking at that and, and even... You know, if it gets to the point where it just feels like, you know, if I'm supporting this. Um, it, I'm supporting a bad thing. It reflects, yeah, it reflects on on the witness of my faith. And so I need to make a, a choice. I almost made it with football, but of course Patrick Mahomes got in the way again. And, and yeah, I couldn't leave at that moment. The so if he ever, Chiefs, if yeah, if he ever retires, I'll probably <laughs> reconsider it. <laughs> so, but, so, so where do you stand? Do you think... What would have to happen for you to decide, no, this has gotten to the point where... I'm worried about the gambling thing. You're worried about the gambling thing? I'm worried about the gambling thing. Um, Player safety, you know, as these players get bigger and stronger and, um, you know, the game gets faster. You know, I just... There comes a point where they would have to be, like you said, in bubble wrap. Mm -hmm. And then it wouldn't be much fun to watch. I mean, they'd be be having to play flag football, basically. Yeah. which I like flag football. I think <laughs> there's something. Maybe there. not a bad thing. Maybe not a bad thing. All right. Well, let's give you the final word on this. How do you come down? I I think each person kind of has to make that thought 
individually of, of how they feel about it. If the or, like if, if it's making you feel that the, the sport's gone to a, a dark place or a, a place that you're not okay with, yeah. depending what your history is or those around you with gambling and whatnot, then then pull away from it. You don't you don't have to support it just because culture does, right? You don't you don't have to, to jump into it. Um, and I think I liked what you said about like challenging yourself about watching it through the lens. Mm-hmm. I think there's an there's an idea in Christianity where we should always be striving for righteousness and trying to become more righteous, which means we should always 100%. be struggling. Hundred um, percent. And I don't mean just struggling with like oh, really well paying said. the bills or whatever. But we should always be mindful and thoughtful of like how am I doing this and and what am I doing? I do you play fantasy football? I have in the past. I love yeah. fantasy football. I've been in the same league, but not for the a, not where money's on the line. No, no, no. I play. I play in a free league with with guys from the church that I grew up in, and a lot of us are at different churches now. But this is the sixteenth year, um, and so. But on Sundays, now that I have a wife and kids, it's like I'm gonna watch at max one game. Yeah. Right. Partially because like, oh, I want to watch all the games because my guys are going or the guys who are going against me, and then I'm not being a dad. I'm not being a husband. I'm not being who I'm biblically called to be. Right. Yeah. So I had to find that balance for me. Now we we have some people in the league who's filled in recently who are like kids in college. They're like, we watch every game all the time. And it's like, good for you, man. Like that's just not where it gets I am. to a point in life where you just I, there's too much other stuff going on to <laughs> yeah. devote a whole day to football. Correct. Um, but, so, so I, I love I think, highlights. I think individually, <laughs> yes, yeah. When you could watch a game in, in like 30 minutes. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. I like that. Yeah, I like that. So I think for me, it's individually challenge yourself to yeah. look at it like th- what you said, right? Look at it through that Christian lens. How is this going for me? And I think in a lot of Christianity, you don't have to apply your understanding of Christianity to everybody else in the world. Yeah. Apply it to yourself and see where it goes from there. Yeah. Well, as usual, you're brilliant, Danny. Oh, um, thank you. And good looking. And I, I, I think you'd look great on a, on a motorcycle, so I hope that becomes a part of your life. A mullet? That look, yeah, the with a mullet. Sticks out the, under the helmet. Mullet on a, uh, on a motorcycle doing jujitsu. While you're... <laughs> While you're actually losing, riding the motorcycle is, is and, right <laughs> and listening to um, the highlights for fantasy football or whatever. Um, so do you have a team that you follow? Um, Dallas Cowboys. You're the, oh, I didn't know that. Dallas yeah, Cowboys. So I, I'll tell this quick story because I know we're, we're over on time. But my brother was born in New York, so he became a Giants fan when uh-huh. he got into football. First generation American. My, fam, my family's from Brazil. Right. My family moved to D.C. That's when my dad got into football. And so he became a Redskins fan. They commanders was, we don't use that other word anymore. at the time of that's what they were called um then we moved down to florida and so when i got into elementary school was uh in the 90s when the cowboys were dominating and everything else we rooted for the same team yeah so it was fun in football to root for the cowboys because they went against my dad and my brother's team yeah everybody hated the cowboys and yeah. and it was it was all in good fun that we'd root against each other's team. Like it was like yeah. a very loving kind of thing. So you still so but, so I started following them then, and then it just kind of stuck. So yeah, I'm watching the 53 man cut down as we recorded this podcast. The Cowboys <laughs> traded a guy away for fantasy football. I downloaded uh, uh, Taylor, who's on the Colts, and he might get traded. But there's yeah. a four o'clock deadline for that. So yes, I think I, uh, I, do I think Danny, you're getting closer a than I should. Obsessed with this. <laughs> I think you need to be deep in prayer. I will challenge myself some more <laughs> about this. Um, so, uh, what? Give, give me one quick thing you're looking forward to for the football season. Uh, for you to have to call him the Super Bowl champion, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Let's, oh, I'd love that. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. I'd watch that with you. That would be awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. 
I look forward. I just wanted to get back to the Super Bowl. It's such <laughs> an incredible run we're having right now. Well, hey, um, that's uh, a wrap, I think. Great podcast. Thank you very much, Danny. Did you have fun? I had a blast. How about you? Oh, I had a wonderful time. Uh, remember to um, check us out on wherever you can find your podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on all, all of them, all the platforms. And uh, then, of course, we have a YouTube channel. So make sure that you like us. Make sure that you subscribe to us. Uh, share us with your friends if you think they'd be interested in the crazy stuff that we're talking about. And uh, we'll see you next time.